It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. And remember, you can always listen to us on the air on AM 950, online, WROLradio.com, or any of your favorite apps like TuneIn or uh, iHeartRadio. We're there, too. And, of course, you can usually find older programs on the Car Doctor Radio uh, iTunes page, and you can find those as well. Well, we have a great show planned for today. We are going to be doing trivia a little bit later. We're going to be announcing the winner of the In Control Advanced Driver Training Certificate. Uh, We picked that. I promised we would do it by the end of the month, and we do have a winner for that. And also, we will be... uh, Taking your calls, questions, and comments. But right now, with us on the phone is Wayne Carini. Wayne Carini is the host of Chasing Classic Cars on the Velocity Channel. Wayne, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Good morning, John Paul. How are you today? I'm doing just great. Uh, it was uh, also, I need to point out, it was great seeing you the other day at MIT. Uh, the New England Motor Press Association had a, uh, I think it was a phenomenal show at MIT with uh, the technology conference and our awards, and you were kind enough to be our master of ceremonies. It's a great uh, great thing to come, come and be able to do that for you guys and, and be part of your organization. Uh, a great group of people, great uh, journalists and automobile manufacturers attending, and it's just a, a wonderful event. And in the MIT building we had, it, it was just over the top. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful structure. I felt smarter just going in and out of the building. Absolutely, absolutely. It sort of rubs off on you, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, was, it, was, it was a wonderful event and, and gave out some great awards to some very deserving automobiles. So uh, yeah, uh, I, had, I had a great time. Yeah, it was, it was a really good time. And it was also, give it, it was also nice giving out some of the uh, uh, other awards we give out to uh, uh, some of the PR people and our buddy over at MIT, Paul Paravano, who uh, uh, has... Uh, certainly helped us make this uh, work, and he's just a great guy at MIT, and it was, it was great to give him the Charlie Dole High Road Award, which uh, really goes to people that really do a good job uh, kind of all the way through life, and, and Paul's just a great guy for that. So Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be able to uh, sit at the same table as Paul every year, so it's, it's, it's great to see him get that award. That's yeah. For sure. yeah, it certainly is. Hey, well, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, about you and especially your TV show, Chasing Classic Cars. How'd that show come about? Chasing Classic Cars started uh, eight years ago when there was an article written about a car that I'd pursued, a 1954 Hudson Italia. I'd pursued it since I was 16 years old and bought it when I was 52 years old. So the same exact car. And uh, Donald Osborne, who's a journalist and a great friend of mine, thought it was a great story. And he wrote about it in the New York Times, a full-page article in the Sunday automobile section. And uh, Jim Ostrowski, who owns uh, Crashing Wave Productions, called me on Monday morning and said, I'd like to do a TV show about you. And I said, what? Why would you want to do that? And he says, well, I've just read about you, and you sound like an interesting guy. Let me come up and talk to you. So uh, we sat in my office for 15 minutes. Uh, He broke the camera out, and uh, the rest is history. It's just amazing and mind-boggling that, We've become the number one automobile-related uh, program uh, in the world right now, and uh, other than Top Gear, which is number one, but we're uh, we're number one in in, in the HD sector, and it, it, it really is it just boggles my mind every day I think about it. And this was this was a show really uh, uh, not to not to take any shots at some other sort of reality-based shows, but this was a show really based on what you do. Well, and that's what I explained to Jim when he asked me to do this. I said, listen, I'm not an actor. I, I don't want to fake anything. Uh, you have one take, and if don't ask me to retake something over and over again because I'm just not interested in doing it. If you want to film what I do on a daily basis, don't get in my way, and uh, don't ask me to put makeup on or put any particular clothes on, and I'll, I'll see what, how it works. And, and the formula seems to really work well. 
it's a little bit more than an automobile show. It's a human interest show, and and so we we get into the um, to the owners of the vehicles and their history and their lives, and and how the automobiles relate to their lives, and and people love it. It's it's amazing how it, how it's taken off. It, it it really is, and I I do like that kind of emotional interaction you see uh, when somebody, especially when. You can sometimes tell when you find a car that, you know, the the house is a little bit worn, but the car's special, and the person's not quite sure they want to get rid of the car yet. But you can tell that selling the car is actually going to put them in a better financial place in life too. We did it. We did one. Uh, we bought a BMW three twenty eight from a family, and and the sister had the car in her mother's garage, and there was three sisters actually that owned it together. The father had uh, divorced the. The mother and the, the sisters, he left the sisters the cars when he passed away, and they were unsure whether they wanted to sell it. And after speaking with them, I, I found that they hadn't seen each other in such a long time because of lack of, of, of funds to be able to get on airplanes and go visit each other. They were all over the country. And a half an hour into our conversation, we were on a, a, on a conference call talking about the car, what to do with it. I said, why don't you sell the car, put all the money in a trust, and once a year go take a family vacation together somewhere. And all of a sudden, like a light bulb went off in all of them. They started to all, all of a sudden talking about where they were going to go, you know, mm. Hawaii, they were going to go to Europe, because the car was worth quite a bit of money. And a half an hour later, I owned the car, and, and they were already planning their first trip. So sometimes... You, you just got to hit the right button uh, with, you know, and, and fill someone's needs and, and uh, make them happy. And that's what that's what sells a car sometimes. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and it really is about sometimes the, you know, who owns it. Have have you gone in and talked with people about a car and maybe they've said, yeah, you know, I'll take, you know, whatever the amount is. And they're way undervalued on what on what the car is really worth. You know, we don't see that very often. That's for sure. With, yep. the, with the internet and uh, every everyone sort of, uh, you know, uh, pitching in and helping people out, and we help people out. I mean, we we certainly don't want to go in and pay under what the value of the car mm. is, and because I have a, a reputation that, that I've built up uh, over forty five years of being in the business, and I certainly don't want to uh, ruin that reputation by going in and stealing something from right. someone. And that's that's not what we do. Uh, we want to pay a fair price. And what we have to explain to the people, though, is is that the car needs some repairs and it needs to be done in a certain way. And we're going to have to make a profit at the right. end. Uh, and so, but we want to be fair with everyone. And that's what that's what makes, uh, you know, a great car dealer in comparison to somebody that changes the name of their business every every six months because they got to hide, you know. Yeah, and you can certainly see it in your personality. To, if someone didn't know, um, I think you would, you know, part of what you do is uh, you help educate the owners who own these vehicles or the families that own these vehicles. Absolutely, and that's, you know, that's the thing that, that separates the good guys from the bad guys, you know. And uh, we want to make sure that the car uh, is families paid correctly for the car uh, but most importantly too is is that most of the families we deal with they want to see the car go to a good home and they want to know what's going to happen to it where's it going to go uh, you know and sometimes we buy a car and we'll have a customer in mind for the car and i'll say well this is probably going to go in this guy's collection i mean he's he babies all of his cars mm -hmm. and, and that makes a big difference in and and a person selling the car is knowing what's going to happen to it in the end yeah, it it really it really does make a difference. Uh, how about some surprises? Have you have uh, you know when you find some of these barn finds or something like? Is there any that have really you know you, you had to uh, sort of like lift your jar up off the floor when you you know got the door open or uncovered it? Oh, there's there's so many. I mean, you, you go into people's garages. Uh, I mean, there's a Lamborghini I'm still after out in the Midwest. That you know, just every time I think about the doors opening to the garage, it just like it chills. You know. And there's some things that you find in cars, too. Um, we bought a Mercedes-Benz down in Florida, and uh, the son sold the car. The father passed away. And so when we got the car back up in, here in Connecticut, um, we started going through all the things that were in the car. And there was, there was an owner's manual, actually a parts manual in the car. It was a pretty thick book. Mm -hmm. And I started going through the pages, and, and the center of the book was cut out, and there was about 10,000 Deutschmarks. In the center of the book, where the father had figured out a place to hide some of his money, 
well, the money wasn't certainly mine. Mm. And, and so um, I, I called the son and I said, I'm going to send something to you in FedEx. You'll receive it tomorrow morning, but I want to make sure that you're there to sign for it. I didn't say what it was, and, and he called me back. He said, what's this? I said, well, I bought the car. Yes, I want the books. Yes, I want you know, the tools, and I want parts, but that money's not mine. And and uh, he just he couldn't believe it. <laughs> he still couldn't believe it that, you know, somebody would send money back. But, you know, if you're an honest person, that's that's what happens. And, and those type of things you find in cars some, sometimes, it really it's exciting. You never know yeah. what you're going to find. Yeah, you, you, you touched on something real quick. On some of these exotic cars, the toolkit has extraordinary value, doesn't it? Ferrari toolkits, uh, um, very early ones, so a 275 or 250 toolkit can be worth as much as $50,000. Um, you know, and, and what you have to have is you have to have that toolkit in order to, to be judged at certain events, or otherwise you get points deducted. Um, if you're showing a car, so we've we've sort of figured that out amongst restorers of these cars across the country. And there's a few of us. I have a, a spare 250 toolkit, this 275 toolkit that I'll loan to someone if they're going to show their car. Because in reality, it's the only time you ever use it is is taking it to an automobile show, so that you don't get points deducted. So we share toolkits, but uh, so that everybody doesn't have to go out and spend that 250. I mean, at fifty thousand dollars for a toolkit. Yeah, it 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 really is, and it's it's one of those things. And like I said, watching watching your program and seeing how you deal with uh, the people that have the cars, and you can tell that you see a level of excitement sometimes. You know, when I'm watching your program, and I can see you look at something, and you get truly excited by it, even though it's something you may have you know bought and sold the similar vehicle 10 times but every time you see a new one it you can you can see there's uh there's, there's some twinkle in your eye well you know we're that, that's why i was brought up my dad uh, restored cars for a living and we went to more car shows every weekend we were at a car show i'm here today uh, talking to you from the greenwich concord down in greenwich connecticut yep. and so far i've fallen in love with probably 10 cars just and i got here early i'm here at the bottoms auction and I didn't think I'd want to buy anything. Well, I'm looking at a car right now, a race car, that I'm just totally in love with. So uh, sometimes you, you have no idea you're going to run into these things, but it's all very exciting and, and such great and cool cars. I mean, and, that, and that's that's what makes me tick. You know, I've got my family comes first, but uh, automobiles is definitely a second, that's for sure. Well, it, it, certainly, it certainly proves out. And... Like you said, you're you're not a TV guy. You don't wear you don't wear the TV clothes. You don't do the TV makeup. Um, you're you're a guy who's been restoring cars for quite a while, and you have what two or three different businesses? I've got a couple businesses. Yeah, a restoration shop and then a, and a sales business, and then um, uh, I've got a consulting business also that I consult with people to try to show them and point them in the right direction when they're purchasing cars and selling the cars out of their collections. Some people they'll they'll want to invest in an automobile, and uh, they unless they have the real knowledge of what is a true investment, rather than what maybe they like, you know, they'll they'll pick out a, a, a new Ferrari and think that you know because the old ones are going up in value, the new ones certainly will. Well, they won't, and it, but it's going to take a long time for the old ones to catch up. Yeah, I, so, yeah. so we advise people on um, what to do. Yeah, I guess if you look back at the different. Uh, ebbs and flows of the market. When the F forty came out, all of a sudden they were three quarters of a million. Then they were two million. Then they were half a million. Yeah, they go up and down. But what what's really good is is that uh, uh, the market is certainly with that type of stuff. That's a that's a supercar, and so that market is stabilized very well. But the the regular Ferrari market in the, the earlier cars uh, pre nineteen seventy three is just it's a, it's white hot right now. Mm. It's not red hot. It's white hot. It's so. It's amazing what these cars' values are, and people are understanding that they're pieces of art as, as well as an automobile. So the the investors are out there uh, buying these cars up, and uh, it's good and it's bad. It, it sort of knocks out the, the regular guy that wants to buy a, a vintage Ferrari, um, but yet uh, that's, that's how the market goes. But you know what? It will go back down again, so we have to sort of figure out where that crest in the wave is. Yeah, I, I suppose that's like with any kind of investment. And just like any kind of investment, what, past performance isn't a guarantee of future results? 
Exactly, exactly. And and what we tell people is is that listen, if you're ready to jump in and and, and buy a great car and invest in it, it, even if the market goes down, it, let's say the world's economy goes to a big zero, you still can walk in your garage tomorrow and have that beautiful car sitting there. Whereas if you're in a stock portfolio or something like that, once the screen says zero on your computer, there is no nothing left. So at least if the value of the car goes down, you still have the car. As long as you still love it, what is the difference? You yeah, know, and uh, that that is an excellent point. You know, buy. I guess for people who have the wherewithal to buy, buy something you love because at the end of the day, whether it's gone up or down in value, you still have a beautiful car that uh, either sitting still you can appreciate, or better yet, you get behind the wheel and drive it. And that's what automobiles bring you is that pleasure of many different uh, feelings. You know, you can go out in the garage. I, I sometimes go out in my garage with a glass of wine and just stand there and look at my cars, and I'm just in awe every time I go down and look at them. And, and I enjoy looking at them and, and thinking about the history of each one of them. And and uh, that's what makes a difference to me. But yet you can get in it and drive it also. Um, and then it's not bad to think about how much it's worth, too. So yeah, <laughs> it all works out really well. I, I suppose that's absolutely true. Uh, how Before we let you go, before you go buy a, a vintage race car... Uh, well, for you know, there was a lot of American muscle cars that were really hot. Uh, whether it was uh, you know, whether it was uh, you know, real kind of semi-exotic stuff like Superbirds and AR Cudas and you know, even three forty Dusters and you know, seventy Camaros. Is there? Um, could you take a stab at a future collectible? Well, a future collectible to me is something with low production. And yep. So that's the way I look at it. I mean, if they made. If they made 35,000 of something, I mean, it's not going to be very collectible because there's just so many of them out there. And that's why I never understand the muscle car phenomenon mm. because, you know, uh, they made 35,000 of this particular model. I said, how can that be collectible, you know, if there's that many of those cars out there? But it all depends on what you want. Uh, mm -hmm. A future collectible to me is something like a Z8 um, a BMW, uh, very limited production, a Ford GT where they, they make a run of them for a couple of years, and then that's it. And, and, so, uh, and they're great cars, too. So yeah. you look at limited production, great automobile, um, and, and that's, that's the future collectible, I think. Yeah, certainly you pick two cars that are fabulous cars. I had the opportunity to drive a Z8 when it came out, and, and just that kind of really timeless style, everything down to the you know, thin steering wheel that you know, brought back uh, BMWs from you know, 30 years earlier. And, of course, the Ford GT is just a phenomenal car. And I think that thing's gone up in value $100,000. Oh, at least, yeah. Um, there's the Heritage uh, Edition, which is the, the Gulf Colors, and they're selling for four hundred dollars to $500,000 now for low-mileage examples. So, I mean, that's, that's the market, is supply and demand and when there's, uh, there's no supply but demand is there the price goes up so it's it's something to, to look at if somebody's looking to invest and, and have a great car and in the heritage part of this too is the automobile manufacturers I mean you and I are so involved with this stuff that's what's selling cars today everybody's going retro everybody wants to have the look or the the feel of a vintage car, but yet the performance of a modern car, and it, it, it works out really well for all the manufacturers. I mean, they're doing such a great job these days. It's it's great to see. Well, when we were when we were at the uh, MIT event, and I don't, uh, I think it might have been John Davis who said, "Today there are really no bad cars. Name the last bad car you can remember driving." Yeah, and then in Kia and Hyundai, they were you know sort of at the bottom of the run there for a long time, and then suddenly, I mean, that car manufacturer just turned around turned the corner on 180 degrees and they're such great cars today i mean you know and and the bad cars are sort of dwindled away i mean there was you know the suzuki's weren't a, a, a terrific car but yet they're 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 out of the country now they're not manufacturing uh, for this country i don't believe anymore so you know it sort of weans its way out but all the cars today and i say the same thing as john I don't see a bad car out there anymore. The fit and the finish and the miles per gallon. And some are better than others. Don't get me wrong. Right. But yet, there's not a bad car out there. Yeah. And you look at, you, you mentioned Hyundai. You look at the, the brand new Genesis that was just shown a, a couple of weeks ago. A phenomenal car. Unbelievable. Just I mean, you know, uh, Lexus, a lot of the guys, as we know, came over from Lexus and, and uh, just turned that company around. It's amazing. It wasn't 
a complete turnaround, that's for sure, but the styling that they brought to, to Hyundai, and that's what was missing is that styling, and then they went ahead and they, and they, and they built a, a, you know, a better car with the fit and the finish. I mean, that's what people want. People want to make sure that the car is as good as a Mercedes or, or a Bentley or whatever uh, for a price uh, point that they can afford. And, yeah, they may not be made of the same materials and stuff as a Bentley, but, uh, you know, the fit and the finish today is just unbelievable. It, it certainly is. And although I, I will question the Equus a little bit, I, it's a beautiful car. They did a phenomenal job with it. But I think if you were going to spend $85,000 on a Mercedes or $65,000 on an Equus, you'd probably spend the eighty five on the Mercedes. But Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's, it's, it's a great car, great car to drive and stuff. But yet it's, it's that thing that they need to get over that hump. Uh, and I think the price point, they should focus more on the price point of, of 60000 and under. Um, and really make great cars in, in that price point rather than trying to compete with the big boys. And, and uh, there's certain certain things that car manufacturers maybe shouldn't dive into. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think that's that's truly the case. Chasing Classic Cars, uh, Velocity Channel, uh, Tuesdays at 10, and and then sometimes Tuesdays, you're on... Tuesdays, yeah, Tuesdays at 10, and uh, we're actually in hiatus right now. Uh, we have 26 more episodes that we're filming at the moment. Um, in July, probably, I think it's the middle of July, there'll be an hour special of my top ten picks of the top ten shows we've done. Uh, we've uh, filmed and aired a hundred and, I think, uh, 12 episodes are out there right now. And so out of those 112, I'm going to pick my top ten. It'll air as an hour special in July. And then the show starts airing new episodes uh, the beginning of September. So we look forward to filming some new episodes, bringing them to our, our fans. Uh, it's amazing how the show has grown over the years in our eighth season now. Um, we're, we're, we're like the fifth most popular TV show in Japan at the moment. Um, uh, in the Middle East, it's, it's, it's huge. South America, it's, it's amazing how many emails and, and phone calls they get from fans all over the world so it's very exciting well uh you get the emails and uh phone calls from your fans because you can tell you're the guy who's on the tv you know it yeah. it, it comes through 100 percent. you're you're not an actor pretending to be somebody else no no yep. it's, and, and i'm i'm very fortunate just one more thing i'm very fortunate to be able to do what i want to do on the tv show what you see on the tv show is what happens in my life there's no script there's no planning it, we, I just do what I do, uh, and and are able to bring it to the to the fans, uh, and I'm also able to talk about certain things that are important in my life, such as autism. Uh, my daughter uh, has autism, and I'm able to talk about that and show people, and talk to people a little bit about what autism is about, and, and try to bring awareness. And, and I'm very very fortunate to be able to do that on our TV show. So I got to yeah. thank the network for doing that. For yeah, me. and we were we were very happy at NEMPA to be able to uh, with the MIT event to be able to. Uh, help you with uh, your charity, Autism Speaks, too. And so. we, we really appreciate that. That's uh, it's something I've been doing for quite a while now for the past uh, four years is go around, I, 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 you know, an MC, and I give talks. And all I ask for is, is a donation to, to Autism Speaks. Uh, I don't take a, a paycheck for, for doing these events. And it makes me feel so good to be able to help out my charity and to be able to help the organization that I'm, I'm speaking to. So it works out really well on both ends. Wayne, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your Saturday morning. I know you're waiting to go buy a race car. Yeah, I could, exactly. I could well, tell. We'll I could. Happens. I'll report back to you the next time I see you, John Paul. Yeah, I could kind of hear it in your voice. Nice to speak <laughs> hey, you. hey, Wayne, thanks, and uh, take care, and talk soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. That was Wayne Carini, host of Chasing Classic Cars. You can find out more information if you go to Velocity.com, check out the various TV shows. You will see a link to Chasing Classic Cars and a couple little pieces to some episodes on there as well. We need to take a break. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We'll be right back.
WROL Boston. Look, the worst part about business travel is worrying about my wife and kids at home alone. My family's safety is my responsibility. That's why I started researching home security. I called the big alarm companies, checked online, even looked at doing it myself. But the best technology for the best price came from Vivint. Yes, Vivint gives me a complete security system, but their video technology is unreal. I can see what's going on in my home right from my smartphone, tablet, or computer. I can even lock the doors remotely if my kids forget. Best yet, when I signed up with Vivint, I got $1,300 worth of camera and security equipment at no charge. Vivint was the easy choice for my family's safety. Take control of your family's safety with Vivint. Get free installation plus up to $1,300 in security equipment today at no charge. Just pay as little as $99 for activation. Call 1-800-236-7081. That's 1-800-236-7081. 1-800-236-7081. Restrictions apply. 48 or 60 month agreement at minimum $49.99 per month required. Not available in Louisiana. See Vivint.com for license numbers. This is Paul Sullivan. I can't imagine a tougher job today than managing your family finances. We're always trying to find ways to help you save. So once again, we are offering you a buy three, get the fourth tire absolutely free on all of our Goodyear tires in stock just in time for the road trip season. That's right, Paul. From now until June 15th, buy three, get one free on all in-stock Goodyear tires, plus additional manufacturer rebates on select Goodyear tires. The quality of Goodyear tires is why they're installed as original equipment on some of today's best-selling vehicles. And when it comes to service, no one can match Sullivan Tire and Auto Service. We've got the best technical team of ASE-certified pros keeping your car running right. Nobody can match our people, and we won't be beat on price. From our family to yours, have a safe and enjoyable summer. Thank you. Buy three Goodyear tires. Get the fourth one absolutely free. Now through June 15. See SullivanTire.com for details. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us. We are in the studio this week as opposed to broadcasting live from my kitchen table, which we did last week, which I thought went pretty well all in all. Uh, the technology seems to be on our side, so we'll have to hope for the best from now on. So there might be some more of that in my summertime future. Um, we mentioned uh, with the interview with Wayne that I was at MIT, and one of the people that got an award at MIT besides uh, cars that got awards, and there were quite a few of those, was John Davis, the host of Motor Week, who's just a, who's just a nice guy. He's been, uh, he, he was talking a little bit about the, how he originally got on Maryland Public Television and how other automotive journalists more or less laughed at him. Like, TV? Who watches TV? And uh, it's all about magazines and newspapers. And he's him and uh, him and uh, Goss's Garage. I think they they are the two of the originals. But on that program, I think it was something like twenty five years. So we gave him a lifetime achievement award, which he seemed happy to take. So, and he said, "I know you." And he looked at me, and I said, "Yeah, you got me confused with somebody else." But I said he actually was on the Car Doctor program somewhere. In the past 10 years, I think. But right now, let's talk to Bill in Shrewsbury. Hey, Bill. Good morning, John. How about you? Good. You, long, um, long time no speak. Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit. I'm looking at a, um, a 2000 Buick Regal. has a 3.8 liter, yep. supercharged, um, really fast car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the fellow that owned it, and I, I know it's been well taken care of. He changed the oil every 3,000 miles and, um, you know, really took care of the car. Had, do you know if anything's inherently wrong with those cars? Like, I know in the past some of the intake manifolds were uh, problematic. Yeah, that was that was in a lot of the V6 engines. It was more in the 3.1 than the 3.8. Okay. Yeah, and um, but looking at, like, for instance, technical service bulletins for that particular vehicle, there's actually, there's actually not 
a billion of them, which is which is a good which is a good surprise, I suppose. Uh, so uh, knowing that there's there's not millions and millions of technical service bulletins is always is always a good thing. Um, that's a car. You say that it's uh, um, it's in pretty good it's in pretty good shape and well yeah, taken care of. A little bit of rust, but you know he put uh, pour, uh, this product they call pour on it. Oh yeah, I'm sure you're familiar yep. with it. And um, it worked out pretty well. So there's very, very little rust. It's, it, the car seems in really good shape. Um, I was just wondering, um, you know, if, if there was inherently something wrong with those uh, motors. No, not really. Only, only if they were driven hard, like everything else. But in most cases, what happens is... Uh, most people don't push them that hard, so they're they tend to not be as much of a problem. Uh, it's you know if you push it real hard, that's a that's a different story. The same thing with the automatic transmission in that car. Um, the uh, there was a, either a clutch or the front pump or something. If you if you drove the car with your foot to the floor all the time, uh, it's the same. It's essentially the same uh, internal parts of the transmission that were used in. Uh, not just that car, but uh, in some of the trucks. And if uh, so, it was a heavy duty transmission to start off with. But if you use it as a heavy duty transmission, it could work pretty hard. The the um, the rust is the is the key thing. You need to um, you know all the brake lines can tend to rust on that. Um, the rocker panels can tend to rust, and probably the thing you start to see rusting first is underneath the car, right under the radiator, where the radiator support is, that can tend to rot out. Oh, okay. I yeah. Know yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, the, the tranny in this particular car, it slips when it's in low gear. Okay. But in drive, it doesn't slip. Mm. Um, so it probably needs a rebuilt tranny. Yeah, probably. Uh, and what do you think? Around three grand for that? Yeah, probably a little less. Okay, probably a little bit, a little bit less. Yeah, but you're in that range. Uh, but the uh, but the engine itself, nice and quiet when you start it up, and yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it runs pretty well. It, um, I was kind of impressed. It's such an old car. I mean, it's 14 years old, but uh, it, you know, that keeps the the insurance down and the prices down and. It, it does. It does, and uh, you never know. You know, this could be uh, you know Wayne Carini's new future collectible. <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah, I would just I would crawl under it one more time with a you know little ball peen hammer or something. It's just start tapping on things to make sure you know none of the rust is really structural. Okay, thank you, yeah. John. Okay, take right. care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems. Well, we're about a month and a half away from uh, speaking of car shows, the Bay State Antique Auto Club show, and that takes place at the Endicott Estate, and that's going to be on uh, Sunday, July thirteenth. And uh, you can get more information at the. Uh, uh, you can either call the club which is 781-459-8800, or check out the club website, which is bsaac.com, and uh, find out a little bit more information about it. Um, we got an email, or we got an email, we got a message from our buddy Rick, who calls in, and wants to know, what do you do when you hit an animal on the road? Squirrel, deer, mouse, etc. Well, moose. Oh, moose. <laughs> or mouse. You could hit a mouse. You never know. Uh, you're probably less concerned if you hit a mouse. Um, my 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 thought. We were talking about this in between the breaks, and everybody's everybody's had a, an animal story. It seems like, but I learned years ago. I went to a performance driving school down in Connecticut, down in Lime Rock, and we got talking. We said, "What about animal avoidance?" And it's sort of like if the animal is above the height of the bumper, do everything you can do to avoid it because. Uh, you'll probably do some serious damage. So, um, deer, moose, yeah, you want to do everything you can do to avoid it. Also, um, kind of, I mean, as, sad, as weird as this sounds, sort of aim for the back end of it uh, if you have to hit it because it's going to spin it around and probably do less damage to the animal. The other thing is, if, 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 if you have no choice... 
Try to stop as much as you can. Jam on the brakes as much as you can. But just before you hit it, get your foot up off the brake pedal because what will happen is if you are going to actually run it over, um, if you jam on the brakes, the nose of your car will come down. It will actually come up and maybe slide across the hood and into your windshield, so you don't want that to happen. So if you jam on the brakes and then take your foot off the gas, take your foot off the brake just before you hit it, the front end of the car comes up a little bit, and chances are you're going to run it over. If it's below the height of the bumper, a squirrel or a, a mouse. We'll use a mouse for an example. If it's okay. <laughs> if it's if it's a squirrel or a mouse, um, hit it. Don't take pleasure in hitting it. Well, yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah, but but don't don't hit a telephone pole to avoid hitting a mouse. Yeah, or you know, go off the road and into oncoming traffic because of a squirrel or a you know a a possum or you know something else. So below the bumper. You know, if you can swerve without and do it safely, obviously, but if you don't have any choice and it's a squirrel or a mouse or a chip or a chipmunk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Say a prayer prayer. afterwards. Yeah. Um, Don't take pleasure in hitting little animals. But if it's a big animal, if it is a deer or a moose or a bear or something, um, try to do all you can do to avoid it. And uh, there, there was a, um, uh, I saw it on Facebook. It was actually a video that um, a dentist firefighter put up of a black bear that was like climbing over a, uh, or a brown, a brown bear or some kind of bear. I don't know. It was, it was, it was on the Cape somewhere, but it might have been that one that was, you know, walking around on the Cape. So, um, so it's entirely possible. You never know. So watch, watch out for them. And, uh, just, uh, you know, just something to know about. And uh, right now, let's go over to Tom on line one. Good, Good morning, morning, Tom. Tom? I'm here. Oh, there you are. Here I am. Okay. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Nice to see the sun out there. It is. Yeah. Got a question. I just uh, bought my vehicle to get an oil change. Yep. And I said to the mechanic, I bought it to my mechanic rather than to a another shop. Yep. And, you know, they always say they check all the fluids. And I says, well, if you're going to check the fluids, please check the differential. I have a four-wheel drive. Yeah. You know, front and rear and everything else. Well, the rear was almost dry. Ooh. So he says, nothing to worry about. He says he put in almost two pints or whatever it was. He says, but you have a slow leak, a drip, coming from where the drive shaft goes into the rear end. Okay, so the pinion seal. Okay. Is that a big job? Um, he says something you can put off for a little while to get some money back and all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it depends. Um, what the way it's supposed to be done? Okay, is you take off the drive shaft, take off the yoke where the drive shaft attaches. There's a seal right there. What you're supposed to do whenever the seal you on the drive shaft or on the rear uh, on the rear on the differential, right? Okay, and when you take off the yoke, there's a seal. What you're supposed to do whenever you replace a pinion seal is you're actually supposed to dis- take the take the pinion out and there's a crush there's a crush bearing in there something that needs to be crushed up and torqued to a certain setting. Sometimes what happens is you put it you just pop the new seal in, put it back together, tighten it up to the specification, and you know this is technical a smidge more, um, and then you're good to go. What happens though is if you over tighten it. You change the pitch of the gears inside the differential. If you under-tighten it, the thing makes all kinds of noise. So you have to be a little fussy when you do it. Like I said, the right way to do it is to replace the crush bush uh, bearing that's in there. If you don't do that, um, you know, sometimes you get away with it, sometimes you can't. You know, what he said right now is, you know, you filled it up, it's full, keep an eye on it. You know, if you start to see it leaking more, then it's it's time to replace it, but... You know, it depends. What kind of what kind of vehicle is this? It's a two thousand four Ford Ranger. Okay, four by four. Let's see. Let's uh, you know now. Now that I said that, let's let's see what Ford really says about this. And I was thinking of putting some of that Lucas, um, you know, uh, sealer. Yeah. You rejuvenate. Yeah, the it or? it might it might do it. You you never know. It's one like of those things that drip. Yeah, it it's it's possible. It it might take care of it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, time, time will, time will tell if it if it really does. But uh, um, to let's see, 
I was so looking. Do you think that's like an hour job, hour and a half? Um, if it goes, if it goes easily, yeah, it's it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too bad a job at all. Um, you know, maybe yeah, yeah, probably, probably uh, you know, a half an hour, a half an hour after you take the drive shaft out. So you know, another half hour to take the drive shaft out. That's really about all it is. Um, but it it you know from that point on, you have to just. You know, see you know, see how it's going to do, and uh, but it could be, it just could be one of those things that uh, you know, fill it up, see how it's see how it's doing. And the other thing is, there's also a vent on the differential itself. It might have a little hose on it. Okay, that would be something I want to make sure that it was clear, only because the differential can build up a little bit of pressure from the gears moving around. And if that's, it's going to look for the point of least resistance, and if that. If that pinion seal is starting to get a little bit on the iffy side, you know, it might not, you know, it, it might cause it to tend to leak a little bit more. So that might be another place to look. But, but you know, right now, check it, see how it is. If it's, you know, look under there once in a while. If you see a little drip coming off of it, you know, just kind of keep an eye on it, I guess, is probably probably the best thing to do. And then see, you know, see how it looks from, from that point on. Could you uh, back up a little bit when you said... They go to do the seal. There's what? What is it right behind there? There's a. There's actually um, like a crush collar that sits behind it that keeps the keeps the differential. Um, uh, it's kind of a case. You know, it's kind of. I don't want to call it a case seal, but it's it's a it's um, it keeps the gears lined up. So they have inside the differential. There's a big ring gear and a smaller pinion gear. They yes, work together, yes. and what that crush. Uh, bushing does it keeps the gears at the right angle. Okay, so if you tighten it too much, it yeah, that. then you have then you then you wear it all out. And if you don't, so I would I would look and see. Like I said, to just do the 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 pinion yoke itself to pull that off isn't a big job. So if the um, you'd need to see what the seal looked like under that and and check it from there. So right Great. now right now I just kind of keep an eye on it and see what it looks like. Great. I appreciate it. Okay. Hey, enjoy your weekend. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. We need to take another break. If you're on hold, stay right there. We will be with you in a couple minutes if you would like to join us. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. It's my neighbor firing up his new zero-turn mower. Smile on his face says he bought it at my Stransy Brothers. For more than 50 years, my Stransy Brothers has been supplying outdoor power equipment that makes yard beautification tasks and outdoor home chores much easier. They have the very best in lawn mowers, tractors, and zero-turn mowers. My Stransy Brothers makes your lawn equipment purchase an investment by maintaining a service capability and support attitude that is unmatched in the industry. They have quality parts and equipment with fast, friendly, courteous service. Pickup and delivery always free as long as you own the equipment you purchased at My Stransy Brothers, even after the warranty expires. So come to the store where your neighbor shops for power equipment. They service what they sell. Ask my neighbor. My Stransy Brothers Beverly, exit 19, off Route 128, next to the North Shore Music Theater, 978-922-3509. My Stransy Brothers Beverly. AAA works hard to offer members savings, both on and off the road. Did you know that you can save at restaurants like Paisoni's and Hard Rock Cafe? Or get a Phantom Gourmet gift card at a discount. How about discounted tickets at Six Flags, Showcase Cinemas, and Live Nation? Or stay in and save on your direct TV. Save money at Payless Shoes, Rentham Village Premium Outlets, and Gap Outlets. Get money off at Sprint and LensCrafters. Even save on your prescription medications with a AAA prescription savings program. Going on a road trip? Save on a Hertz rental car. Or fix up yours with discounts at Napa. You heard right. Discounts upon discounts with AAA. But if you didn't hear it right, you can get a discount at Connect Hearing. Just in discounts alone, AAA membership can pay for itself. Not a member? Join at aaa.com slash join now and start saving money today. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. (laughs) 
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. I hate disappointing people, but it has to happen. We promised that we would pick a winner for uh, the in-control advanced driver training uh, gift certificate. And somebody's, somebody wins and a bunch of people lose. And I put all the emails in a little bin and I actually, so I didn't have to feel too guilty. I picked a handful and then I narrowed the handful to a couple. And then Marita had to break someone's heart. That's what I left it to. So it was up to me, I guess. Yeah, it was up to you. <laughs> that way, that way, I didn't feel quite as guilty when you know I was down. But the winner is Colleen Barry, and she says, "Hi, my husband is a faithful listener to your show. On a recent show, I happened to catch a segment on the In Control Advanced Driving School. I researched the site, and I'm very interested in giving this course to my niece for her 16th birthday." If I won the gift certificate, I would join her for this very valuable lesson. So here's here's a here's Colleen who's also going to join her niece. So Isn't that nice? I so like that. yeah. So I think that's I think that's great. So uh, Colleen Barry, I will email Dan Strollo sometime uh, this week, and he will be in touch with you. I'll give him your email and phone number, and you and him can work out how you're going to go together and. Uh, Go from there. So, congratulations. So, yay for you. Let's go to John on line two. Good morning, John. Hi, yeah. Hi John Paul. We yeah. have a good connection? We do. Okay, good, because I'm going to speak. Well, I'll shut it off anymore. Yeah, I called because I heard uh, Wayne uh, Perini on. Yep. Chasing old cars. And, yep. Uh, I used to be the biggest car clerk to go in one time, and I still uh, have the uh, first guy I've ever had was a 63 Mercury Comet. Really? And, uh, yeah. And it's in rough condition. It's been in storage, if I could say the name of the place, in Manchester, uh, New Hampshire. Manchester self-storage. Oh, yeah. Yep, seat. yep. The guy's a saint. He could have got rid of that car years ago or long ago because I owe thousands on the bill and give me every break in the book and I want to do something. I told him I could send you a little each month. I don't know how I can get help somewhere. You know, pay the bill, yep. get the car. And I'd really, before I'm gone, I'd love to see that car restored back to its original condition. You know, the first car, there's a lot of memories from the family yep. in that. Yeah, And there's a T-Bird that was put there also, and I have no, don't have as much sentimental value for the T-Bird, but I don't want to see it go to the uh, scrapyard. Yeah. Yeah, because those guys are easy to find. Uh, recently, I found a guy who had a 64 Falcon, tried to get it, but he threw it in the scrapyard for $400. I was trying to tell him, no, no, hold on, I'll give you something for it. But anyway, those are easy to find, those scrap guys. And I wondered if any answer, solution you might have, uh, getting help with this. Yeah, get the storage and do something positive with them. Yeah, I you you never know. I mean, other than you know, what what year's the T Bird? Uh, it's about a sixty-seven. Yeah, two well, door, I think it is. If it's a two door, two door sixty-seven, can you know T Bird? That's a pretty collectible car still. Well, I'd almost give it to somebody with a little help, maybe paying the bill. I'm not looking to make up. I don't want to see it go to the uh, wrecking yard or the crusher. Yeah. After no. I, I, yeah. You know, maybe maybe you can. Uh, you know, maybe it's one of those things that uh, you know somebody's willing to uh, to maybe trade off. Uh, you know, somebody will say, "Hey, look, I'll take the, I'll take it." You know that that is uh, that's kind of a a unique car because that was the that was the transition year. Like the sixty three, four, five, six, they sort of looked alike, but the sixty seven was the that was the new body style, right? That was the uh, that was a, that even, I think, wasn't there even a version, wasn't there even a four-door version of that with suicide doors? Yeah, I think I had that one uh, sent to Florida. I had a bunch of cars sent to Florida. That's why I wanted to get old Wayne. Uh, there might be something still uh, available down there. I just sent them down there when I lost everything I had. Yeah, no, I would, uh, you know, I, I would uh, certainly check out, you know, check out Wayne's, uh, you know, Wayne's website, send him an email, you know, oh, see yeah, what he I says. Did, I didn't do that. I didn't contact him. Uh, he he is, um, I, I think it's F40 Motorsports, but let's uh, let's see if we can find out. He's in, he's in Connecticut, you know, so it's, yeah. uh, um, let's see if we can figure out. It's, it's F40.com is the website. And F40 yeah, f40.com is uh, is the website, and it says here to contact him. They have a little they have a little email thing, and uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah, he's located in uh, Portland, Connecticut. 
Oh, Portland, Connecticut. Yeah, Portland, yeah. Connecticut. Yeah, so it's called F40.com. Yeah, huh? F40.com is is the name of it, and you know, you never know. You never know. There might be something there where he's willing to, uh, you you know, willing to help you out. Maybe you got some. You never know. You might have something else of value, and he might say to you, "Hey, look, you know, we'll we'll take this and this, and you know, help you pay your bills." You never know. Well, I wanted to get home. What really happened was I had uh, supposedly the American dream from the American nightmare. A log cabin house in Maine, nine acres. The town comes down. They sued me for $10,000 for having more than 200 registered cars. Appeal it in court. And uh, about two years ago, last September, with no notice, they just show up with trucks and bulldozers and equipment, just take everything away. Sheesh. And I was frantic. I went down the wrecking yard. They took them to a wrecking yard. I saved some of them, 10000 to get the remaining cars back. The house was in foreclosure. That money was supposed to go to save the house from foreclosure. I put them in storage for $700 a month for so many months, about six, seven, eight months or something like that. Wow. How many, cars did, how many cars did you have? I had about 10 cars. Wow. 10 cars, a couple of S10 pickup trucks. I was going to build. They crushed those. They crushed my vans. I had a, you know, the Dodge vans with the Swan 6 engine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just, they just took them, you know, with no notice. And, yeah. And now today I have an attorney who wants $10,000 retainer to uh, maybe work on it, to look into it, and I just don't have it. And yeah, of course. I, I mean, I'm so heartbroken. This is what America's become. I don't want to go to politics, but, uh, you know, I was in my own place, a private road going in, and this is what I had to go through and lose everything. Now I'm pretty much living in a you know a little room for five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Just, uh, well, before before we let you go, I found yeah. I found the phone number to the shop. It's you got a pencil handy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's eight six zero. Eight sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Three four two. Three forty. Oh, three forty two. Three forty two fifty seven zero five. All right. Uh, All right. So that's the that's the two. We'll run that by one more time. Three four two. What was the end of it? Fifty seven zero five. Fifty. Seven zero five. I'll yep. give it a call. Uh, okay, so uh, you know that's the number of the shop, and you know you know see what you can do. Okay. All right. I'll All right. Take care. Call. All right. Bye bye now. American nightmare. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. All right. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Ooh, tough story, huh? I I I don't know. We have we have still time to. Nah, we'll we'll save trivia for next week. I think that's the best thing to do. If you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. We have a few minutes left for that. Uh, I got a, uh, a email from a company that says, Lane departure systems move out of the way. Some drivers are still looking for cassette decks and vinyl seating when shopping for a car. Below is a list of some retro features people are still looking for. And according to this article out of Cincinnati, Ohio... And this was done by a company called Swapalease. In fact, we've had John Sternall on the program before. Uh, T-tops, it says. People are still looking for T-tops. Tiger roofs. Well, you can get a Tiger roof now on a new Porsche. They actually brought it back. Cassette decks. Remember having to rewind your favorite song a million times until the cassette was ruined? Uh, apparently, so there are some people that want cassettes. Actually, our buddy Jay Davidson uh, from the Day Company actually sent me a couple of cassettes. And it was one of those things, oh, I can listen to it in the, well, not in the car. <laughs> um, running boards, well, a lot of people put them on trucks. I am actually driving a Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. We'll talk about it more next week, which is a four-door full-size pickup truck with an eight-foot bed. And it is one big truck, I'll say that. Um, and I did not take this truck into Cambridge. I was I was in Cambridge for the MIT event that I was doing, and that was a that was a vehicle I decided not to take because it was just too big, too big to drive around the streets of Cambridge. The um, the car that I was driving last week was the 2015 Audi A3, and I guess I underappreciated the car a little bit because I have since found out about the electronic systems in the car. This thing has more computing power than. Um, I don't know what this this uh, this uses a combination of uh, graphics processing cards and all kinds of stuff. But the the one we were driving was the uh, A three sedan with the two liter turbo engine. It happened to be Quattro all wheel drive. It's a it's a um, in the front. I think the front seat is certainly roomy and feels comfortable, like an A four. The back seat a little tight, more of a Jetta style. I think the interior-wise, they put some hard plastic surfaces in it. They cheapened up the interior just a little bit. Uh, the engine, though, this was the 2-liter, 220-horsepower engine. 
and plenty of power and performance. Our car also had the optional 18-inch 10-spoke high-gloss wheels. Uh, it had summer tires on the car, which someday we'll see summer. It's not here yet, but someday. Uh, it also had an aluminum trim package inside, which, which brought it up a little bit. But the car seemed to have a few problems. It was, uh, the transmission seemed, it used um, Audi's version of a um, of uh, Volkswagen's DSG transmission. Generally a great transmission. In the A3, it seemed always just a little off, just a little wonky, just not as good as you would come to expect. Performance from the car, again, was great. Handling was good. Ride was good. Um, some other weird things placement of things like i every time i went to push the window buttons i, I wasn't it they didn't seem to fall to where my hand was um some other controls are a little funny this car also was uh the um premium edition without the options was 32.9 and at 32.9 uh ours with all the options and it was over thirty five thousand. just didn't seem quite finished yet it was good don't get me wrong it just wasn't quite perfect and i and i sort of you know in the scheme of things would have expected just a little bit more and it was uh, but it was certainly something that worked out well we need to take another break when we come back we're going to be talking to i just saw sully come in the room and he always has a good story for us my name is john paul this is the car doctor program we will be right back <laughs> WROL Boston. St. Francis Xavier School in Weymouth provides a quality Catholic education for students through grade 8. And beginning in September, St. Francis Xavier School is launching a pre-kindergarten program for children starting as young as 2 years, 9 months. A nurturing, supportive environment with small class sizes allows each student to receive the attention children need to thrive academically, emotionally, and socially. St. Francis Xavier School offers enrichment activities like music, drama, robotics, basketball, and a running club. And they offer before and after school programs from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. St. Francis Xavier School is committed to helping families reach their aspiration of providing a Catholic education for their children regardless of their financial situation. You can find out more about their need-based financial aid when you log on to the website and ask about their new program for preschool students starting at age two years, nine months. The website, stfrancisxavierschool.org. Accent Women's Fashions in Malden is one of our Women in Ministry partners. An elegant boutique for the modern-day woman who likes classic fashions with a twist. Accent Women's Fashions' main focus is on couture suits, dresses, gowns, and hats. Created by outstanding designers in the United States, England, Italy, and Russia. Luna Zouache, owner and designer, also features her own line of elegant and sophisticated women's wear and accessories for women of all sizes. Luna is a Christian woman with a passion for haute couture and chic designs and has always loved to help women feel and look their best. Come see Laxent Women's Fashions as they model all the latest fashion designs at the Women in Ministry event on June 13th at Lantana's in Randolph. For more information about the Laxent Boutique at 192 Salem Street in Malden, please log on to their website at www.laxentfashion.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, you should have been here during the break. That's all I can say. We should just leave the microphones on, put the commercials on when I'm on, and then put the microphones on when the commercials should be on. And it could perhaps be more a more interesting program. That might be something. Yeah, I don't know. There might be something to it. You never know. <laughs> but uh, we were talking about... Uh, stories and being able to identify fact and fiction and uh paul sullivan had an interesting story that he tries to teach his uh 
kindergartners about and uh and i i'm i'm uh my stories are mostly true yeah. i think they 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 are uh, sometimes there's some there's some uh, fiction weaved in with mostly fact. Exactly. Just That's to, what good fiction is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's exactly. You know, you need to you, you need to have it fit the audience. So so sometimes that same audience might not the story might not work with that audience. Right. But the the basic the essence of the story does. So you just have to just have to adjust it a little bit. That would, that's what makes a good storyteller. You this can kind of weave in these details, and some of them could be whimsical, and some of them. Most of them factual if you're telling it, a real story. And but sometimes when you say the word story, it implies that it's made there's up. a little bit, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A little bit of imagination. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as my wife, who's in the studio here today, said, "Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story." No. <laughs> there's a reason there's a trite phrase like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you're here. It's I ten am. o'clock. I gotta go. The best where, where in Irish. I don't know. Oh. I gotta go. I gotta go somewhere. Going to fish bones. Uh. I don't know. Are they open for breakfast? Uh, yeah, they used to be. They used to be. I've been over there in a while. I've been there for Easter brunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but probably really, not really tent. good. But you know, yeah. I know they're not sponsors, but they're yeah, they, they should be. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. I love that place. Just casserole. Oh yeah. my goodness. All right. Hey, sit we gotta go. Sit out and watch the we people gotta, on the boat. We gotta go. Can't my, you know, I got yelled. I got yelled at by Paul Sullivan last week because I cut. You know, I came dangerously close into his time. I can't now, yell at you when I walk yeah, into two and, minutes before yeah, ten. Though, and, and now, now, now I'm now I'm a minute over, so it's all my fault. So, uh, but the uh, best in Irish music coming up with the Irish Hit Parade and Paul Sullivan, legendary, the legendary Paul Sullivan. That's no story. Until what a next nice week, thing to say thank you. Yeah, until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye. WROL Boston, home of the Irish Hit Parade, Saturdays 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., a service of Salem Communications. Nobody knows the answers.